Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Anthony Haggerty and Liam Bryce to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we reflect on Celtic's goalless draw at Fir Park. We will also look at Walter Smith's comments about natural order. And we'll also have a look at a performance of Scott Bain against Motherwell and ask whether he should be made a permanent signing after the summer. So, gents, we're going to start looking back at the 0-0 draw at Fir Park. Tony, quite an eventful game, obviously no goals. What did you make of it in general? Again, I thought it was just no nils goal. It was, it was quite entertaining. I think both sides deserve uh, no credit for at least trying to, to go and win the game. It was harder for Motherwell when we went down to 10 men. and I think it spoiled it as a contest, actually, when Motherwell went down to 10 men because their tactics were fixed after that. Uh, and, the, and the red card shout, you know, I I said we, we, we did a, a thing on Monday and I, and I said I think Craig Thompson sends him off because he doesn't see the whole incident. He sees Kipri lashing out, which if you turn around and that's all you see of that incident, it, it looks like a red card, you know. Had he saw the shove and the thing that followed it, then he might have got the two of them together and booked the two of them for being so stupid and childish, or else he's gave them a warning. But when you turn around and you see, or, or, or the only thing you see is the kind of flick out with the boot, then it's a red card. It's like Beckham's and Simeone, like Brown's on your man for Barcelona, Neymar, you know. It's a red card, you know, so I think that's why he's given it. You know, could be wrong in that, but uh, and as I say, Motherwell's tactics after that were to frustrate and hitting the break and Celtic were a bit lethargic up front and I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but I think they thought it, it, it would happen because it always does, but in this instant it didn't. What did you make of the, the red card, Liam? Can you see why the referee's given it? Yeah, I mean, I, I can... I don't think it was a red card, first of all, but I can see why he's given it much like Tony says. He turns around, he sees the kick out, and I think you know Scott Brown, you know, rightly or wrongly, he's you know he's got a, he's got an in depth knowledge of the the dark arts of the game, <laughs> and he's he's felt that he's obviously felt the contact from Kipre. He's probably had it in his mind before that this guy's been sent off against us before. He's been sent off by Craig Thompson. Yeah, before. almost a bit of an easy target for, uh, for Brown. And it's that way sometimes in the dressing room. You know, you kind yeah. you discuss these things. He's like, you know, you know, he's, he had a wee a wee push at him just to maybe provoke a wee a wee reaction. And I think Brown got what he was looking for. He didn't get down too theatrically, but he reacted enough to say to the referee, "Look, he's just booted me." He's just stuck the boot on me, and you know it's not—it's not what you like to see, but it does happen at all levels of the game. And I think uh, it's harsh on Kipre because it's not—I mean, it's innocuous. It's not a—you know—it's not an assault. It's not a stamp. I mean, there was that picture of Craig Thompson explaining to Kipre why he sent him off, and you know, he's—he's got Thompson's got the boot away up in the air as if you know he's come down on him like a ton of bricks. But I do feel sorry for him because it's—he's been done a wee bit. Uh, and I think he's maybe he's, he's you know maybe his, his reputation this season, you know he's, he's had a few keeper has maybe went against him a wee bit, and you know as Tony says from there on it was back to the wall for Motherwell and Celtic. It's it's almost like he says it's if they just kind of you know they thought it'll come it'll come, and it, they were they did look a bit like not as I said not like a days ago, but there was a bit. Of, a bit lethargic, a wee a bit toothless in an attack. A wee bit, uh-huh, uh-huh. Would you say that's been a, a theme for, for Celtic recently then, Tony? You kind of touched upon it on Monday's back page, that there is that kind of lack of 
dynamism in the final third at the moment for Celtic. I also touched upon as well, they're big game players. They seem to come out when games that flick their switch. I'm not saying Motherwell third part doesn't flick their switch, but there, there was a kind of you know, laid-back approach to it that the three points were going to come, you know, mm, and at some point they would break Motherwell down when they went to ten men as well. But, you know, you, yeah, they do respect every opponent. I'm not saying they, they showed them any disrespect, but there are times when you have to earn it. And, and Motherwell earned their point. Shouldn't say he went down to 10, they just said, right, we're not moving, come and break us down, and we're going to kick and fight and bite and scratch and do what we do and have had success this season, you know, through it, you know, and, and fair play to them, you know, and, and uh, getting back to Kipri, I did, I did feel sorry for them, you know, and I think five Motherwell players have received red cards this season and five of them have been by Craig Thompson, who's sent off five people in 22 Premiership matches and they've all been Motherwell players. Just what you want from that. I can understand Motherwell fans thinking that Craig Thompson had an agenda against him, you know. Yeah. But and they've obviously to, appealed the, the key yeah. decision. And, and, and I think common sense might see it rescinded. I would hope so. You know, because you, you don't like to see that, you know. But as Liam said, there are Scott Browns who used to the dark arts, and whenever Scott Browns involved in anything, referees know something afoot, you know, has gone on, you know, but. Uh, he just seems to be the one who can smile and walk away from most of it, you know? Absolutely. I think coming back just to the to the game itself, I think it's kind of important not to take anything away from Motherwell. I know we're talking about Celtic maybe not being at their best, but it was a pretty heroic effort at times, especially that last, the was it Richard Tate, the last ditch tackle yeah. on Sinclair? I mean, that's the kind of... It was to- Tom Aldred. Tom, was it Tom Aldred? Sorry, Tom Aldred. Um, oh, he was maybe on Dumbelli, sorry. That was another well, last ditch tackle. There was two of them, wasn't there? Well, the point was there was tackles flying in all over the place, and that you've kind of, that you've come to associate that kind of endeavour with Motherwell this season, so I think a lot of credit has to go to them. And also the goalkeeper of the Stormer. You know, you need these things to go for you. When you go down to tennis, especially against Celtic Rangers, you need... You need every defender to play their part. You need an out ball, which Curtis Main gave them at times, you know, and also your goalkeeper just to keep the ball at the net, which he did. A goalkeeper that Brendan Rodgers had his eye on yeah, in the course. January transfer window. And you can see why so. on, on the basis of that one performance alone. He, he liked the look of him, but I, we'll go on to talk about Scott Bain, and, you know, so I think uh, I think he's did the right thing and switching his attention to Bain. Yep. And so, so just looking at the starting lineup, then it was a three-five-two again. Obviously, Tierney was out. They, they seem to be going for three-five-two um, quite a lot now. Um, we had Boyata at the back. Now, how he had a bit of a, a shocker at Ibrooks. How do you feel he coped against Curtis? I mean, who was quite quite a handful at times. I just think Deirdre Boyata's not quite there yet. I don't think he's fully match fit and up to speed. His Ibrooks exploits showed you that, but. He was put in there because, we touched on it in the last one, he was the more experienced of the defenders and he, and he obviously passed fitness tests and was, was on the road to recovery, but he, he's still not there. There's a difference between being fit and match fit and having your eye in when you're playing as a footballer. Big, big difference. And Bayata has shown that in the last two games. Curtis Main gave him a really hard time. Now, Curtis Main's given a lot of people a hard time since he arrived. You know, his goals to game ratio has been pretty good. But, you know, uh, you're looking for more from Bayata, as as uh, my usual weekly pop at Tom Rodgick, but you're also looking for more from Dedrick Bayata. He's a big, imposing figure, and if he's not, he should be. And and he was out-muscled a couple yeah, of times by, by you know, Curtis Main. And he was also out-muscled a couple of times by Alfredo, 
Yes. Morelos at Ibrooks. Mm-hmm. You know, people saying that Alfredo bossed him, I'd maybe take issue with it. I was just, by that, I was having a howler. But he, he certainly wasn't any better at Fir Park, and they got away with it at Fir Park because Motherwell, without, with, was, was, their main threat was Maine. You know, so, but when Maine kind of outmuscled him, he, he'd know where to go, you know, and he never really got a clear strike at goal. What's your thoughts in general on Boyata? We had Graham Graham Young on last week, kind of defend him. Um, he's obviously had a rough time of it recently, but uh, we had the likes of Comper on the bench um, at the weekend. He could have played. What, what do you make of Boyata? Well, bang. You know, you got to say Brendan Rodgers obviously still trusts him because it's, it's like you say he could have put Boyata had a bit of a, a torrid time at Ibrooks. He could have put Comper in against Motherwell it's a guy who's again has not played an awful lot um, but you know Rodgers has stuck with him and as he has done throughout the season I, I think I can agree with Tony that you, for the size of him you'd want him to be a bit more imposing at times and I think I know it was a, it's a different scenario but when he gave the ball away to to Josh Windass at, at Ibrox again it was just like it was a lack of you know it was a kind of lack of incisiveness, you know. A lot. It was a kind of, you know, a wee a lack of awareness as well. Was it where it, it was? It just wasn't. Yeah. And then there was another one as well where he he's played a pass across the 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 back line. You just kind of want him to be a bit more assured um, because he's not, you know, what, what age is boy at now? He's 20, 26, 27. Yeah. You know, so he's not a young player anymore. And you'd if he's gonna if he's gonna be the man in that Celtic defence for any amount of years to come. I think he just needs to be a bit more imposing. But you have to for me should be a Bobo Baldy type. Frighten people. No nonsense. Aye, no nonsense. Defend and frighten. Frighten attackers. You know, the attackers were beat when they looked at the size of Bobo Baldy. You know, he, he's similar in stature. You know, he's a big lad. Be that person. Be the man that puts frighteners up centre forwards. Whereas Don't let it be the other way around. At the moment, the only person he's frightening are, are the supporters. Uh, yeah, but his team his manager, his teammates. Well. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I think it was was it Chris Chris Sutton said on BT Sport the other week that somebody needs to tell him that he's not that good a footballer. Yeah, and just to focus on focus on the basics of defending. Neither was Bobo. Yep, that's so true. When, he was a hero, right, so when when Bobo started to think he was a footballer, that's when it all went wrong. We see when he headed it and kicked it the way he was facing and just bullied opponents, he was he was sound. And moving on then, uh, three remain talking points could arguably be the, the subs. Certainly we had Scott Sinclair come on. Now he's been constantly talked about in this podcast. The, the mess he had at the end, Tony, does that just sum up the lack of confidence that you've been speaking about recently? Bereft of confidence, I think you would say. Because you know, do you know even that? See, see if you don't feel confident running through and scoring, Scott Sinclair put them in the top corner, the bottom corner. Pick a, pick a corner. Last season, they were getting in at will, for fun. Now, running through, see if you don't even have the presence of mind to see Paddy Roberts here for a tap-in, then your head is all over the place. You know, if you're not if you're not confident enough to run in and put that away, because it was a bread and butter chance. But see if see if you're you feeling the way Scott Sinclair is just now, and he's clearly agitated and frustrated, and I don't know, there's just something not right there. But be a team player then, roll the ball across. Paddy Roberts was screaming at him. He's you maybe know? just wanting that goal. Uh, yeah, just to... of course, and I, and I get that, but it's not happening. And there's another instance of it not happening for him. So in that situation. Square the ball. He, he, he'd have been thought of a lot more. 
if he'd have squared the ball, because then people went, oh, vision, you know, he's back to his best, or, he, or he's back to the player that we thought he was like. This is Scotland's player of the year last season. It's, it's a horrendous kind of fall from grace, really, you know. Uh, and and nobody can put their finger on why. And, and certainly Scott Sinclair's recent performances aren't explaining it any better. If you're Brendan Rodgers, Liam, how do you deal with this Scott Sinclair situation? Obviously, Rodgers is a big admirer of him, has taken him around the clubs. Do you just give him a break for a while and hope he can get his mind straight and his confidence back, or does he need to be put in game after game until he just gets you know that that important goal or that wonder goal just to you know bring his confidence levels up again? Well, without sitting on the fence, I think it's a kind of it's a decision that that Rodgers. I mean, he, he knows, he'll know what kind of personality, what kind of character Scott Sinclair is, and he'll he'll know, is this the kind of guy who I just need to stick with him, or do I need to take them out of the firing line? So it's it's a it's a decision for the manager, and obviously he he seems to be taking the route at the moment where he's he's taking them out of the taking them out of the side, and I I just think that that chance where he when he came on and he went through it's it's it was just kind of so it's a textbook of a player struggling for confidence because when you're see when you're you're not you're not at it mentally you I mean it doesn't matter what level you've played at if if you're not quite at it mentally you're not you know in that kind of yeah you're thinking about things that, too you're, much uh, yeah you're, I mean you end up you end up playing for yourself in a way you know you're not kind of in tune with the, the rest of your the rest of your teammates and just that it's like he get through on goal there and it was just almost that tunnel vision he had he could have squared it to Roberts he could have even laid it back to I think it was Tom Rogic and it was just kind of typical of a player who's you know you might say oh well he good on him for taking the shot on but you know it was almost like tunnel vision yeah and I think it's I mean it's a it's a shame to be honest I mean because he, he was he was so good last last season and he was absolutely tearing up the league and you know people have pointed to the fact that you know his kind of stats are still quite good this season but I mean you, you only need to look and you, you can see that he's not quite the same player and that was I mean to be honest that is probably the best season of his career last season so I mean and that kind of maybe it's a bit too much to expect him to then kick on and improve on that even further because it was an incredible season for him and a team that was doing incredibly well Uh but I, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, for the sake of the sake of the league, you know, you want the the top players in the league to be playing well. So hopefully, you can see him back at his best before the the end of the season or into next season. But I really don't know what the the issue is with him. It's a, it's a strange one. See if he scores, his season would have turned round in that moment. Possibly, yeah, because it would have won Celtic the game yeah. at the end. He's the hero. Yep. You know, and 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 he would have taken that spring into his step for the next one. You know, as it is, it's still now jury out on Sinclair and the fans are getting a bit more you know vocal and critical of him. That kind of honeymoon period's maybe yeah. starting to wane a bit um, Well another player, attacking player who's come back into the fold now after injury, Patrick Roberts he um, showed uh, some of his old self for that we turn and curling effort off the yeah. bar, he, he could be a big player for Celtic in these remaining league games Tony couldn't he? Did you expect anything less? I mean a couple of inches lower the goal, he's nowhere near it you know and he could have been the hero, but just great to see him one back on a pitch, and two not scared to go at people. And see when you've had an injury, guys can be a wee bit withdrawn and and reluctant to 
to go at people who might, and especially the way Mother were throwing their body in front of everything. But no, he wanted the ball. He was trying to get up to his old tricks and go for curlers and the one had the bad, just a brilliant piece of skill. But as Liam alluded to there, you want to see these players doing that, you know. And he, he could be a massive player to Celtic in the in the running, and and he and he looks hungry and he wants to play his part because I think he he's been frustrated himself and he's admitted it himself that it's been the worst period of his career and you know and and it'll be like a new signing you know because they got a glimpse of Roberts at this point last season then he signed the deal again and then he got injured so quickly so again it's like you know the, the rebirth and return of Roberts and I think most Celtic supporters will be delighted to see him opposition players certainly won't and it looked like a guy who's been desperate to get back on the park. Yeah, definitely. just to 100%. look like he loves playing football as he, as he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, another player returning um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, Stuart Armstrong. Um, a bit of a hit and miss game uh, at Fir Park. You know, you saw the glimpses of quality, but he looked a bit rusty. But he, again, he could be a, a massive player for Celtic in the running. Uh, you know, I'm an admirer of Stuart Armstrong. I think he's a fantastic footballer, but there seems to be some dynamic going on with Armstrong more off the field, you know, with this refusal to sign a new deal and commit himself to Celtic and and I don't know about you, but where is Stuart Armstrong going to go? Where he's going to get, you know, one that that kind of level that he's playing at, you know, playing Champions League and playing for a team that's winning trophies. Do you, know? do you think he's targeting the the English Premier uh, League? I'm sure he is, but I, he he won't be getting in the top four, top no. six, top seven, even the teams that maybe qualifying for Europe. Sure, Armstrong's going down south. He's going to a Stoke, a Southampton, you know, a, a team like that. He's not going to the upper echelons of the English Premier League. And if that's what his advisors are telling him, then I think they're giving him a, a, a wrong steer, you know. And, and I, I've questioned it before. Why wouldn't Celtic players commit themselves to the club for as long as the manager's there and go on this magic carpet ride that, that they're on at the moment, you know? I, I fail to understand that. You know, especially somebody like Arm, uh, Armstrong, who under Rogers has played his best football of his career. You know. Yeah, but I mean, before Rogers came in, there was talk that with the likes of Mackay, Stephen, Nadir Shefty, that he could be out. You know, that he could be looking for another club, perhaps Armstrong. So Rogers has really yeah, brought him on. That's what I mean. So why wouldn't you want to stay and keep that relationship going with a manager that trusts you, will play in the first team when you're fit? You know, he should have spell out injured. You know, but once he's fit, he was a mainstay of that team. So, why would you jeopardise all that? You know, to go to whoever. And again, I don't see a queue of clubs banging down Celtic's door to say we'll take Stuart Armstrong. What do you make of Armstrong? Do you think he's he's maybe had his head turned by his agents? I mean, we see it more and more in football these days. Um, agents pitching to the players and say, "Look, I can get you a deal down south. Let's look at this." What do you make of him as a player and do you think he would benefit from, from staying at Celtic, Liam? I like him as a, as a player. Uh, I think he's good to watch. Uh, he's he's you know, one of those guys he always wants to be positive on the ball and he can, you know, he can strike from distance, he can, you know, he can run. Uh, but in terms of having his head turned, obviously it's a, it's a possibility because it it's going f- as far back as last summer. I can remember this kind of talk uh, coming up and he's not, again he's another one who's not quite hit the heights of last season, uh, probably it's different reasons to Sinclair but I think he just needs to and 
I don't know who he's got advising him, but I think you know at the moment people have just got to be telling him that you just need to get back to playing your best football. You know, forget about anything else, um, because when he's on top form, he's a pretty invaluable player for Celtic as he showed last year. The amount of goals he was rattling in, and just his general influence and in driving the team forward. Um, him and Brown in that midfield last year were kind of unplayable at times. So I think, like Tony says, you know. Brendan Rodgers has been nothing but good for him and I don't see and he's obviously an intelligent guy Armstrong we've seen that you know it's been well documented and so he's no daft well he's graduated um, the bar I've graduated many bars but not the legal one <laughs> <laughs> can imagine um, moving on to another player Tony that's really caught the eye in the last couple of games Scott Bain Tony he's a player you, you saw a lot of times at Dens Park what do you think of him in terms of a possible Celtic Park future well, I, I think it's a no brainer I think Celtic will uh, sign him in the summer they would they would be daft not to because I, I, I think the man's unflappable as a goalkeeper which is a great quality to have and I go back to the Ibrox game he was beaten by a shot by Windass inside three minutes didn't fold didn't crumble, you know, and then Morelos beats him again, but he still ended up a hero when he grabbed Morelos' shot on the line, you know, and, and even that instant, that, that could have easily cut off a goalkeeper and gone in, you know, but he made sure he, he flapped down and he, and he got it in tight and made sure there was no dubiety whether it crossed the line or not, you know, and a uh, couple of kicking issues apart for part, I, I think he is and he, and he will prove himself to be a Celtic goalkeeper in the future and it would I would be very surprised if Celtic don't sign him a long-term deal in the summer. Could he rival Craig Gordon for the number very one spot? So, yeah. I know there's only been a couple of games, so it's maybe a bit early to say, but no, you, you very think much he, so. he I could I think he, he's the real deal, and I think uh, he could establish himself as a Celtic goalkeeper for, for years to come. What do you think, Liam, on that? I, I think he's worth taking a punt on. I think he's always been one of these kind of guys where you could you could see the ability, but you just you, you kind of wondered how... You know, would he get the chance at any point to to take it to take it further? And I think he's shown. Um, obviously, had a pretty terrible time of it at Dundee. Uh, don't know what the sketch was with him and McCann, but he was, you know, completely frozen out. And and now look at him a couple of months later, he's making his debut for Celtic against Rangers. So it shows you that, and he's had a, obviously had a good game as well, and he's looked looked good against Motherwell. So it shows you that the guy has got a bit about him mentally. Um, that he's that he's kind of stuck that out at Dundee, and he's had the, you know, the kind of fortitude about him to yeah. to come in to come straight into a Celtic team in the biggest game of the season. Yeah, stuck in it at the deep end. So certainly. he's obviously got he's obviously got talent, and I think you just I mean you like to see Scottish players being given these opportunities. So if uh, if he does get a permanent deal at Celtic, which I suspect he might. Um, and then he's right in rivaling Craig Gordon. That can only be good for him. Could only possibly be good for the national team in years to come as well. So I, I think he's worth taking a punt on for Celtic. So just to finish up on today, I wanted to touch on Walter Smith's comments this morning. Uh, it's this buzz phrase in Scottish football this year, Tony, natural order. What did you make of his comments? First and foremost, you can blame Craig Levine for that natural order. Uh, copyright, Mr Levine, I think. But uh, Yeah, well... You know, I, I go back to when Martin O'Neill took over at Celtic and the buzzword then was Rangers were the benchmark. And then the benchmark became the the buzzword about football. Every team was a... They were the benchmark, you know, so... 
Almost yeah. similar to knocking off the proverbial perch. In yeah, a way. that kind of thing, you know. Now, Walter knows what he's doing. This is a shot over the bows to the Rangers board to say, look, if you don't get this house in order, Celtic will go on to do 10 in a row. He's more or less spelling it out to them, you know, and telling them that the next managerial appointment is critical because at this moment in time, this is an actual order. Celtic are going for seven. They're going for a historic double treble, which ironically Walters came the closest to. Lost to United in the 1994 Scottish Cup final when they were on five out of six trophies. Uh, and I think it, it, and reading between the lines, it's irking Walter, clearly, you know? But at this moment in time, is there a lot that the Rangers board can do? Are they going to appoint a new manager if they're not going to give it to Marty? And if so, who's that going to be? But uh, a natural order, and he, he, he did couch it by saying, I hate using the phrase. And then so, used it. So why use it? Yeah. You know? It was very deliberate, wasn't it? Yeah. It was very, very deliberate because, again, Levine's was natural order in the city. You know, where Hearts are the most triumphant team. All were saying, look, in my era, we were... We were the top dogs. What's happened, you know? And and and, and I guess it's it's hard to sit back if you're Walter and, and a Rangers man like he is and and see that, let alone accept it as well. Yeah. What was your reaction to to the comments, Liam? Oh, just the same as Tony. It was such a deliberate turn of phrase from Walter, uh, and he's he's you know he's he's right that the the natural order was for seven years in a row. Well, about to be. Is that Celtic have just you know completely dominated, and he's he's right in saying that he didn't. In so many words, he didn't you know, say it bluntly like this. But the Rangers board absolutely have to get this next appointment right, whether it's Graham Murty or whether it's somebody else. Um, because again, if they don't, then it's it's uh, kind of kind of freeing up the path for for Celtic to to keep marching towards that. That ten, and as as well, it's you know, if by Walter Smith coming out and saying this as well, it's you know, this is a guy who when he speaks, like Rangers fans will listen. So if the Rangers fans weren't aware of how important this next appointment is going to be for them, then you know, when you've got Walter Smith weighing in on it, then they certainly will be now. Uh, but as I said, it's a very deliberate warning shot from Walter uh, to the Rangers board and. You know they they will have to get it right, or we're just going to. There'll be the Rangers fans will be seeing more of the same. Short of standing there saying do something, do something. You know it's it's as close as that as you'll get from Walter. You know. Yeah, well we'll leave uh, the the record Rangers podcast to, to mull <laughs> over the finer details of that. But thanks for joining us, um, Liam, this week and Tony. Um, as you know, it's Scotland against Costa Rica on Friday night, so there'll be no game for Celtic this weekend. Although there's a few Celts in action. That's all from us this week. We will be back next midweek to discuss Celtic's upcoming league game. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks again for listening.